See, that's the thing I keep coming back to. I, I couldn't relax and be patient if I didn't know that he was good and that he has a track record with me. Withhold not your truth or kindness, Lord. Withhold not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host, and today we are going to do part two. And this part two is when we talked about specifically praying for something to the last detail. And does God really answer his prayer? Does he take notice? So I'm here with Julie Eichenroth from Freedom Farm Ministries. She's executive director. And we discussed this mutual mentor we have, George Mueller, and the way he inspires us today to take notice of God. But since this is part two, we're actually going to get even more nitty-gritty and talk about this 14-acre property that God provided us, both of us, in Traverse City, Michigan, specifically by using this model. So, Julie, welcome back. Thank you. We're glad to have you here and to talk about this and, and to continue our conversation talking about George Mueller. So, just... For those who haven't listened to the first episode, tell us a little, just a little synopsis of George and, and, and who this guy is and why we're talking about him. Yeah, some people may be familiar with his name or remember his story, but he's a German pastor who lived in the 1800s, and God led him to England. And while in England, as he was pastoring and, and preaching around the country, he God led him to start orphanages because there, or, there was a, quite an orphan problem in uh, England at that time. It was the Industrial Revolution. Many parents were being killed in, in accidents, industrial accidents. So there were many, many orphans. And God had taught him this model of prayer, how to pray for his provision for every single need in his own personal life. And then he wanted to put a demand on God's love by starting these orphanages and asking God to provide for every single need for these orphans, the most weak and vulnerable among us, right? And as a demonstration of God's willingness and ability to provide for every single need, and not just for people in ministry or doing some special work, but in our own personal lives, we can live this way too. And that's what my husband and I learned, and that's what you guys are learning. And and, and I think it's incredible because we talked a lot about judgments and how we judge God, right. how we look at him, and we don't think he's going to provide, so we try to do it ourselves. Exactly. Or we find some kind of roundabout way to do it. Mm-hmm. And God's saying, you know, I, I got you. I got you. I'm a good God, and I got you. I'm your father. And you've learned a lot about that and how God just loves us and he wants to surprise us. He wants us to live this life as an adventure and wait for the next thing to happen. One of the things we talked about too was identifying our need and that vulnerability Mm -hmm. with identifying our need. Mm -hmm. Why does identifying our need make us vulnerable? Well, I think it's part of the human condition. I mean, if you go right back to Adam and Eve in the first three chapters of Genesis, which I teach on a lot when I work with my heart skills coaching clients and and in retreats and workshops and stuff, I teach a lot about this. You know, need makes us feel vulnerable. So, um, because I think a lot of times the question is, if I'm needy, am I still loved? 
or worthy or worthy am i am i loved and the question isn't just am i loved but am i loved even though i'm weak and unable Mm -hmm. i don't have enough i'm not enough Enough. is a people grower you know this you hear this Mm -hmm. a lot from the people you Mm -hmm. work with and so do i that that fundamental question that we wrestle with as human beings is am i enough and it's not just am i enough but will you still love me if i'm not enough right and so I think then our response, like Adam and Eve's was, well, I'll go figure it out myself. I'll figure out how to get my needs met without exposing my vulnerable heart. Right. And and then we get ourselves into a muddle, don't we? We do. Because we try to go, and it's not that we can't do things. It's not that we can't be creative. God gives us skills and gifts and ability and talents, and he wants us to use them. He wants us to enjoy our lives and enjoy using our gifts and skills and talents and being good at stuff. But he wants us to do it with him. Right. And not just leave him and go, I've got this, I'll go out on my own. He's partner with me. I'm the tree of life. I've got all the wisdom, love, and provision you need. But let's do it together. Let's right? do it together. Mm-hmm. And for my personal experience that I grew up in a, a very low socioeconomic home. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in Detroit. My father had health issues and died at 10. So there was, a, mm-hmm. uh, and my mother was a single mom with four kids. And so mm-hmm. we had, we did not have much. We always struggled. And then I became a musician. And well, Uh-oh. for those who are musicians. <laughs> I've yeah. been married to two of them. Yeah. I know what you it's know, like. You know, that, that, that has its own thing. And then I did have father who was, that example of a provider. So from my experiences, I've had this this little thing inside, this little voice inside me that just says, you got to do it, Susan. I'm on my own. Yeah, yeah. there's no one it's there for you. Yep. you got to work hard. Yep. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. As time went on and different circumstances happened in my life, God showed me that he's got it, that he's providing but lately, in the last, I don't know, I would say three or four years, I've seen God provide for me in a way that I didn't expect, mm. that I didn't set up and I didn't expect. Sometimes it's because you have to communicate a need and somebody hears a need. Right. And, and because they have the gift of giving, they meet that right. need. But sometimes it's just all kinds of crazy ways God provides for us. So I want to talk about this 14-acre property that you and I are sitting on today. Oh, this is so cool how God provided for us. So tell me, tell me a little back background about Freedom Farm, okay. where you were at, and what what's what happened with that last November. Okay, quick quick background. I had worked on my friend Jackie Cashel's Peace Ranch for ten years. Um, I was the first, one of the first volunteers. I was the first college intern. That's where I learned about equine-assisted therapies. I learned love for working on the land. I learned a lot of things about myself. She was a wonderful friend and mentor to me, still is. And during that time, I began to realize I needed to go to school, which is how you and I met. Mm-hmm. You were my um, uh, admission specialist at uh, Spring Arbor, and that's where we met and fell in love and became friends. Mm-hmm. So I started going to school, too, because I needed some training and some education. So meanwhile, I felt the Lord telling me that my time was coming to a close at Peace Ranch, but I didn't know where I was going with that. And so after I finished my program at school, I took a day of retreat in February of 2013 just to pray and seek God. And during that time, I had a powerful vision in prayer. This hasn't happened to me very many times, but it was a a powerful vision, and out of that came the vision for Freedom Farm. 
so we just began to pray and look for land. I wanted to work with horses with people. I wanted to do work on the land. And it was just starting to form, formulate that way. And, and this was what I saw in the vision. I saw a farm. I saw women there. I saw gardens and horses and chickens and orchards and um, women studying together on the farm. I, I just wept and wept. It was so powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't have those resources. I don't know where that's going to come from. And so I assumed that we would find the land first. Well, lo and behold, God brought me my first horse, Hannah whose name, Hannah, means grace and favor. Hmm. And he brought her to me in a miraculous way. She was $3,000. Two people came within a week and gave me the money to buy her. I didn't have $300 saved for her. Hmm. But God said, I want you to have your horse first. And then he provided the perfect place to keep her for a very low amount of money and, I, and provision to keep her. So then in 2015 or 16... The Lord led me to form the nonprofit entity for Freedom Farm Ministries Grand Traverse. That was another whole miraculous provision. And right around that time, I'd been sharing with a friend, and she caught the vision for Freedom Farm, and she wanted to buy a property to, for as an investment. And she said, and she had a heart for women's ministry, and she said, if I buy a property that's suitable, would you and Dave come and launch Freedom Farm there? So we, she found a beautiful little two and a half acre piece of property. We, it, it had a really unique house, so we moved in, started building gardens. Didn't have room for horses, but my dear friend Sharon down the road, just a few minutes away, invited me to keep my horse at her place, and we started working on the model for the Heart Skills with, Hoach, uh, with Horses coaching program. And so we, we existed between those two properties for four and a half years, just had a ball. Um, started developing programs, many women started coming, and different things, did some things for the community, some little workshops on permaculture and so forth. Then fast forward to last fall, a friend who was the property owner came to us and she had decided she wanted to move back to the property and take up residence there, and so she asked us to relocate. That was kind of a shock. Mm. It was kind of a little bit scary. And where are we going to go, Lord? But we pivoted because we had learned that God is a good father and we had been living the lifestyle of believing prayer for provision for some years already, both in our personal lives and for the support of the farm. And so we just started praying. She had graciously given us six months to find a place, but you and I know how insane the real estate market was here in <laughs> yeah. our area this last few years. Insane. And we did not have those kinds of resources. We just said, Father, we, my prayer was, God, we only need one property. Mm -hmm. We only need you to find us one place. I'm not going to wade in. I mean, I looked at things on the real estate, things online, but I just got overwhelmed. I'm like, I can't, I can't make anything happen. And, I, and at ahead. the same time, at the same time, my husband and I had been, we were living in Lansing and we, I've been always wanting to come back to Traverse City because I lived here for 10 years mm -hmm. and always wanted to return. I remember one time we, I came up to visit and we had a conversation and I just kept telling you, I just keep wanting to come back. And, she, and I remember you looking at me, so, so why aren't you? What's stopping you? What's stopping you? Mm -hmm. Kind of lingered in the back of my mind and I'm trying to think, well, I don't know. <laughs> what is stopping me? Of course, you know, there's always... In our mind, well, I have a job and I have to have it here, and we, you know, mm -hmm. this has to line up for this to happen. And so, through that, 
this over last summer, God opened up some doors for my husband to have a job up here. And so we started migrating up here. Yeah. And that started happening, and then, then in, around in November is when we we came up here. So and yeah, so, so that's gonna, where we were. Yeah, I want to because we're going to bounce back and forth in our story here, right? So while you guys, this was happening with you guys, and and you and I had stayed connected all these years. I hadn't even re- I knew that you were married to Dick, but we hadn't really even met him yet much. Um, but you came up last year for your book signing in the summer, and we got to meet him, and we just fell in love with him, and. And got to spend some time with you guys. So then, you know, a couple months later, we found out we were going to need to relocate. And so we didn't know where we were going to go. We couldn't buy a place. We couldn't do anything. All of a sudden, out of the blue, I mean, our friend had given us six months to move, but we didn't want to move in the middle of February, you know, which would have been the end of the six months. We don't want to try and move in the middle of winter. So we were praying, God, please find us something. Out of the blue, some woman who had just started attending our church, we had never talked to her, never met her. We weren't putting anything out there. You know, maybe a few people knew that we were looking, but we weren't advertising that we needed. We were just praying. She calls us up and says, I want to go to Texas for the winter. Would you like to house sit for me in my little house for the winter? She didn't charge us rent. It was this cozy little cottagey house in the most beautiful area. All we paid was a little bit of utilities, so we had this rent-free place to live for five or six months over the winter. We were able to just seek the Lord. We started seeking the Lord and just enjoying our time together, and we had just put everything on the table. We said, God, do you still want us to do Freedom Farm? Because we have learned to just pivot with God, and we just mm-hmm. we our hearts were free. I didn't feel like we were ready to give up Freedom Farm yet. We felt like we were just beginning but I'm like, I'm, I'm open. Whatever you tell us, Lord, we'll do it. And so we went and moved in her place for the winter. She went off to Texas. Come around the beginning of the year, you guys got up there. And the, I'll just fast forward to my couple things, because we moved three times in six months, from last <laughs> November until May. And so then just about the time this lady was coming back, April 1st, some other friends who I helped hooked them up with some people and they bought a farm because they wanted to homestead, called us and said, we would like to invite you to host programs at our farm over the summer if you don't have any place yet, which we didn't. And we have a bedroom and bathroom suite and you can come and live with us. And we love them. They're like family to us. They have two great teenage boys. And so we said, okay. So we moved to their place in April, thinking we're going to spend the whole summer there. And then... Along then, and Dick and Susan. So I'm going to yes, pass it back now, to you. Dick and Susan, yes. <laughs> so so we come up to Traverse City, of course. We're trying to look for a place. And mm-hmm. for those who know the real estate market and the craziness of the real estate market post-COVID, it's crazy. I mean, you, you put offer on a house and you could not see the house, put an offer on it, have it be 20000 over asking, and you still don't get it. And we went through insane. that about 12 it's a times. frenzy. Insane. Yes. yes. We went through that about 12 times. with us at the holidays, mm-hmm. right? And that's when we went and talked with you guys. And yeah. And one of, the things, one of the things that Dick and I were, were trying to remain open to, of course, we had our little vision in our head. Okay, we want this nice little house. We want it to be new. We want it to be all on one floor. We, you know, we had our little vision of what's important to us because after a while after you 
you look at a million houses in four or five months here we were looking. I know. It was a long time. And God bless our uh, realtor, Nicole, if you're listening. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, we, we went through all this, looked at zillions of houses and, and all kinds of stuff. And then we even found, we even looked at this, we talked to you guys and we thought, wow, I wonder if there's some way we can combine pull together resources and do something because we were open to that and of course our hearts align with ministry and the different things you do with Freedom Farm and your heart for women and what we do with Affirm Ministries I mean they're so they're so in sync and our husbands are very similar in and temperament. Our, our husbands are similar in temperament it's mm-hmm. so sort of like okay maybe there's just something that God wants us to 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 open our our, our eyes to so we opened our eyes we and so we looked at this one property that we thought was it, mm-hmm. um, and we we thought, oh, this could really work, and we were going to build a house, and then you were going to live in this little apartment, and, and you know, it all, we thought it was all going to work, um, but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't come through. No, it didn't come. It was through. like a head scratcher, wasn't it? It it was, it was dismaying. It was kind of disheartening at the time because it seemed like the perfect place. Yeah, and for me, I just wanted to get settled so I could yeah. just do the things that, you know, I felt God was calling me mm-hmm. to do up here. So we look around and we're just, we're just button heads and nothing's, nothing's coming together. And so, but we were praying, but we were praying, we were praying the whole time, the whole we time kept getting together when we would pray over every step. And of course we were kind of doing this study on George Mueller, who yeah, we've been I talking about, right? Small group. If you read up on George Mueller listeners, you'll, you'll see that he has these journals and in these journals, what he does is he documents everything he prayed for and everything God provided yes. so that it's not just hearsay. It's actual Specific data. <laughs> details. And then yeah. he shares so many principles that he learned over those seven decades of ministry and it's that beautiful. God taught him. It's, beautiful. it's just incredible. And then I got done listening to these stories, and I remember talking with the small group and going, does this really happen? <laughs> Does this really happen? Can you get really that specific and tell God, okay, I want this, this, blah, 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 and get that specific. Can you really do that and God will provide? I said, I've seen God provide for me throughout my whole history. And so I know he does. I know he does. But can he get really that specific? This was a Monday night. Tuesday, I kind of was chewing around this. You know how you chew on spiritual Mm -hmm. things. I was chewing on spiritual things all day on that. And then Wednesday morning, I just got up and I just prayed. And I said, God, okay, here's the deal. (laughs) I really believe that you're calling us to do something with Dave and Julie. I don't know what that looks like. I don't don't know how that's going to manifest itself. But I'm thinking if you could do this and provide this kind of property that has everything, all the infrastructure that Julie needs for the farm, that, that it has the, the apartment that they need to live in, that it has enough acreage that we can have the horses, that we can have also have the, the chickens and the gardens, and also be a, a home that we can uh, rent out and share with our loved ones and also guests. And also um, some of the ideas I have, which is mini retreats, when I say mini retreats, I mean like 10 to 12 people mm-hmm. so that we can have some kind of um, intimate, intimate yeah. gatherings here and praise concerts and, and creative solutions. I had all these concepts and ideas. So God, can you provide that? Can it be in a good location? And can it be this under this amount of money? Mm-hmm. 
that was Wednesday morning, and I was constantly looking at the, the, the real estate, real estate openings. And, yeah. and at four o'clock, I saw this this opening for this property, and I went, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> it was specifically. Specifically, what I requested. God loves to do the big ta-da, doesn't he? Ta-da! And it was a ta-da. Yeah. It was a huge ta-da, and I mean, I got goosebumps just thinking about it because I just like, are you kidding me? And so then, of course, I called you guys up, and we said, okay, let's go and look at it. Now, there's more to that story, but just that in itself is an idea of why couldn't he? Why do we put him in a box, Julie? Why do we think that we have to t- do it? Mm-hmm. We've been trying what we for six months. We've yeah. been trying mm-hmm. for four or five, six months, mm-hmm. looking at tons of houses. You can ask our realtor, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> and we put prop- we put offers on twelve or so properties. Yeah. Some of them snatched away by just you know a thousand dollars or something. Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, and so we're just sitting there going, "Is this it?" And we weren't sure. But we were, okay, we'll go look at it. So we came and looked at it. And we thought, this could work. This could provide the needs we have. And it was a great location. Just really super excited about it. And then we had gone away for a retreat, my husband and I. And we it was a no-phone retreat. So I couldn't even wait to see like if we got the house or not or anything like that. Because we decided we were going to make an offer and all that. And we couldn't hear back. And then this was this was a Saturday. Oh, there, there's a lot more complications. I don't want to get into all the details. But what ended up happening is they got another offer because they were also trying to package this with another part of the property. Mm-hmm. They got another offer and said, we'll use you as a backup. And so we just thought, okay, I guess that's not happening. Yeah, and one of the things that we learned and we practiced the whole, all the t- months that we were doing this together was just letting it go. You know, like if you're not fighting for something, if it, if it wasn't happening, we would just go, okay, God, and pivot back toward prayer and say, what? And it, it's actually a very freeing thing. When you learn to trust God because he's good, because you really believe he's good, you don't cling to every little thing. You know, it's not saying that you don't pray determinately for some things. You have to be faithful in prayer, right? And you have to ask God for what you need. But when something's not happening, it was it's so much more emotionally, it's easier emotionally to let it go because you know he's got he's still got something. He's going to answer. It's just not there yet. And so that has really helped me a lot in praying for things um, like like I was thinking about it getting a dog, you know, for the farm, and I had someone that came up with a dog, and I, I'm just like, I w- I'm so free, like, I don't have to sit here and fret and worry about whether that dog is going to come into our lives, or we have the money for the rehoming fee or anything, I just like, I'm free, I'm free to go about my business, I can focus on the things I'm doing, and if, if it comes, it's because the Father has deemed it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And if not, I can be at rest and at peace while I'm waiting for his answer. And waiting is the key word, because that's the one thing that I know I personally have learned through this process, is it's going to happen when it happens. He's not on the same time clock I am. Mm-hmm. And I might think that it has to happen a certain day or a certain time or whatever, 
But that has been so freeing for me is not to put God on a time clock. Okay. And, and, and I think that's kind of the essence of patience, right? It's just being well, patient and, so and, and know easier, that he's going to do it. It's so much easier to be patient when you know he's good. See, that's the thing I keep coming back to. I, I couldn't relax and be patient if I didn't know that he was good and that he has a track record with me of showing me his goodness and his wisdom. I look back and I see his faithfulness. I'm like, you have a track record with me, God. You have provided for me so many times. And it was always something that blessed me, something that lifted me up, something that helped me grow, something that healed me. He's a better shepherd of our lives than we give him credit for. And he wants us to do things honorably and respectfully. Yeah, right. I know one of the things that we had talked about when we prayed in all our sessions, we prayed about mm-hmm. all this whole thing, is that we wanted the transactions and everything like that to be clean. Yes, to and be that, clean. And, when I, and I guess what I mean by that is that no funny business, you know, no trying too hard or, or trying to manipulate the process so that we can we can get this property at this price or whatever because a lot of that was going on with all these other offers that we had and and I, that was very discouraging to me because I'm like no God's gonna have something I just don't know well, what it in is. In the real estate market just like in, in lots of other kinds of business people cut corners a lot relationally and they are in it for themselves or you could be in it for yourself. And I love the idea that when we trust God, even in business transactions or other forms of you know, seeking him for provision, we don't have to compromise ourselves. You know, the Bible says that we're to look out not just for our own interests, but the interests of others. And so that tells me that it's okay to have our own interests, but also consider the interests of others. So my husband likes to say he, he's been in business for years. He's not anymore, but he had three different music stores. And he always was the guy who said, I want a deal to be a win-win. It's so that all the people are honored in a business deal or any other kind of deal. Sure. And that God doesn't expect us to compromise love and our relationships in order to have what we want to have or for him to provide, that we can do things with integrity and with love and with wisdom and with considering the other party. And in real estate, man, it's cutthroat, especially it is. now. It is. It's people, crazy. And people are taking all kinds of shortcuts and all kinds of manipulative things and, and things that are lacking in ethics. I'm not saying our, certainly your realtor was had a lot of ethical standards and she was awesome. And other people have been too, but it's just, it's, in a cutthroat situation where people are panicked mm-hmm. and they're fearful and they're making mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy and offers. And the cool thing the cool thing was this we were sort of like, I guess that's not the one. Yeah. And then we how did the God tell tell them how God paused the deal? So we paused the deal. We didn't we didn't this other You were a backup offer. We were a backup and offer. The other offer. And we even that week we went my husband and I went and looked at another house mm-hmm. and put put an offer on another house. And it wasn't a farm or anything. Nope, it wasn't just a regular house. Mm -hmm. And um, we thought, okay, I guess we saw this opportunity that came up because you have to move on real estate here in a minute when it happens. So we moved on it, but we didn't get that one either. And I I just want to pause here and say something about that moving on stuff. mm -hmm. Because in the real estate market, let's use that as an example, when we have a need and there's a frenzy of stuff, 
people will use that as a pressure to get you to make a decision quickly that you're not sure you should make. Is it wise to make it this fast? You know, people will use that to get people to make decisions that may not be wise decisions like not being able to do your due diligence on investigating a property and research things or have an inspection done or whatever. People are buying property sight unseen, mm -hmm. huge cash offers, and not even doing and waiving inspections, right? So, but what the Lord had showed me was that we don't have to be responding to the pressure to make decisions quickly that might be unwise because of the pressure of the real mm -hmm. estate market or mm -hmm. any other pressure. God can pivot you and move quickly when he needs to, and you can still be in peace mm -hmm. about it. So that was one thing that helped us, the four of us, when we were going through all of this, was we we're experiencing all this pressure and, and some in some other deals that we were looking at, there was pressure and manipulation, right? Mm -hmm. And But we were able to stay centered on God and centered in prayer and, and trust him that if that he could make it happen and he could open up the deal or we could just let it go and be in peace, mm -hmm. right? And it would go and, and then we go, okay, where's the next yeah, thing, And that's Lord? what we kind of said about but this But we didn't property. have to respond to manipulation and pressure. We could trust the Lord and then he could open it up if that was the thing. And that's what he did with this situation, right? And, when right, and then we, the got, we paused the deal and we guys, just I thought, know. okay, I guess that's not the property and yeah. we'll just kind of move on mm -hmm. um and like i said we made another offer on another mm -hmm. house that didn't go through and then we get a call that says oh the other offer didn't go through we it's the house is yours ta-da ta-da <laughs> ta-da that's right and i just went what did i just <laughs> did we just buy a farm <laughs> Okay, I, I grew I grew up in Detroit. I don't know what a farm is. I don't know from farms. I don't know what farms are. <laughs> so I am so grateful to God because he provided this incredible property for us to be home for Freedom Farm right. and home for Affirm Ministries. And together, we're, we call it Maple Ridge Place. We yes. decided to call it Maple Ridge Place. Yeah. And it, we're going to be offering so many different cool things here. We're going to be offering workshops, one-on-one -on -one mentoring and coaching. Both Julie will be doing one-on-one -on -one mentoring and coaching, and, and I will be doing one-on-one -on -one mentoring and coaching. Different angles, but similar visions. Um, and in fact, if I could wrap it up in one singular vision, we we talked about what we would what what is our combined message that we want to send people who come to it and we'll talk about that in a little bit because mm -hmm. I think it's it's really key to mm -hmm. what this is all about here it's a beautiful thing. because God is going to we're, we're hoping to have praise concerts we have a praise we pavilion have a we have a barn, barn. that will we're be an gonna, awesome venue for events for events for we're going to have workshops mm -hmm. um hold what we hope would be mini retreats where mm -hmm. people will come up for a couple of days and have really intimate gatherings I my heart is to work with people who have been sexually abused, mm -hmm. who have been either betrayed, especially by a spouse or mm -hmm. a family member, um, those who are fatherless. And we talked about the the great father that mm -hmm. God is, but mm -hmm. you know when you're fatherless, you don't have you don't get that idea of yeah, God providing. And then also my heart is about creative people. Um, he says I'm a musician and a creative person, and 
is to to offer some workshops for creatives for worship pastors and songwriting workshops and and places for people to come and you know we're building cabins on the property where people can come and and stay for a few days so there's all that going on and tell us a little bit about what freedom farm is going to be doing here well freedom farm this this property is so beautiful and unique it already has some established gardens and garden areas it has a chicken area with a really cool coop, but we're going to be bringing our other coop in here, hopefully this fall, and get chickens going. We have pastures, and there's already an established paddock and a little horse barn, so we are, we need to put up some fences to be able to bring the horses. So we'll be able to do um, the Heart Skills with Horses coaching and um, experiential learning with horses. Our properties, the property is so uniquely designed. It's really awesome because you guys have this lovely farmhouse. And so we can have, and two great big decks under beautiful, huge, gorgeous, mature maple trees. Thus Maple Ridge. Yes, thus Maple Ridge. <laughs> it used to be called Maple Ridge Farm. So we call it Maple Ridge Place because then we have Freedom Farm activities and a firm ministry activities and then partner at Maple Ridge Place. Right. And so we'll be able to do our permaculture gardening programs here, our land-based programs, and what we really want to do. And, I, and, I, and my husband and I have a lovely apartment, so we can have, I can have clients, see clients up there, do small groups up there. We can have retreats as well. We, we will partner in some things, and then sometimes you might do something, and I'll just support you in what you're doing, or you'll support us, or we'll do community educational things together as well. Um, we just really want to, and we really want to build healthy spiritual community here because a lot of people are struggling right now with feeling disgusted with or offended by church and, and abusive, unhealthy church systems. And, and so we want to be a healing place for people who've not experienced Christianity or church or whatever in a, in a healthy way. We want to model healthy spiritual community as a as a setting and a context for what we're doing here and healthy doesn't mean that we're not going to have conflict or that there's right. not going to be things like that that happen actually part of being healthy is having good conflict resolution which yes. you like to yes. talk about in some of your skills coaching yeah. to resolve conflict as well and 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 also you know my prayer too is for us to be able to build a community within ourselves but also to and invite the community here we talked in a little bit about you know what is our shared common vision between the two ministries and the one thing that we came up with and kind of settled on is a kind of our little tagline for maple ridge place and it's his presence our healing yes and I want to just talk about that a little bit because Mm -hmm. I felt like that was something God gave me to remind me that when we're in his presence is when we're going to be healed. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about the the woman who grabbed onto his cloak. Mm -hmm. It was just being in his presence Mm -hmm. and she was healed. Mm -hmm. Where do people sense his presence? Of course, God is everywhere, so we can sense him everywhere, Mm -hmm. okay? But when we're in a community... And when you're working with other people or you're really struggling with something, 
You need a place, a quiet, safe haven, some place where you can meditate, some place where you can process. Mm -hmm. Nature is a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. Right across the street, we have a river that you can walk by. We're going to have swimming, you can swim, you can kayak. Yeah, you know, we're going to have horses on the property. We're really super excited about offering this up to the community. So if you're in Traverse City and you're listening to this, look out. Oh, you'll, you'll hear about us. And where God put this place, where this place is, is smack in the middle of four communities. Traverse City, Kingsley, Gron, and Interlock, and very easily accessible. And we have a roundabout project being constructed right at our corner, which will totally calm down the traffic at that corner and make it very, very easy and accessible to, to get up to the property, which so it's it's accessible, but it still feels private up here. Right. We can you know you can get here easily from the community shopping and downtown and everything's very close by, but once you're up on our property, it feels very private, and very cozy and and a, an amazing amazing healing property. It's already been healing for us. I, I know been. both of us. Mm-hmm. We've just been here maybe about a month or so, mm-hmm. and we're settling in. Yep. So we still have to get the structures ready and everything we'll like that. Horses, and hopefully, as we pray, we're praying yeah, for and horse fences and all kinds of things. Yeah, just like our, we're talk, been talking mm-hmm. about each step of the way. And yep. trust me, my husband is actually our our George Mueller journal. Yes, we have our George journal. Yes, That's what we call our George, George journal. journal. That mm-hmm. sounds like a song. Um, <laughs> But he's our George journaler, yeah. and what he's been doing he's is document mm-hmm. documenting the different ways God's provided. Now, we've talked about on this podcast how God provided the actual property, mm-hmm. but there's been tons of things he's provided since then, yes. like the right contractor to finish the apartment, the right electrician, mm-hmm. the right painter, and just the time they only could have do it one day, and that was yep. the day we needed it. Yep. I mean, I can't even tell you the numbers of stories that we're collecting already mm-hmm. that we're starting our own George Journal, and we hope to leave those journals in the cabins yeah, that we're going to rent so people house. can yep. re- recognize what God is doing because this is taking notice. Yes. I think it's important and that's what this podcast is about is folks take a minute. Look. Look at what God's doing. He's doing stuff all the time. We he wants us on this great adventure. He's this great great father. Last time we talked about this one statement that George Mueller said. Let's remind our audience again of that. George Mueller said, God does not answer prayer because we are good. God answers prayer because he is good. We need to just center on that. So I'm so excited. We are going to start uh, offering different things probably in the fall. We're going to have um, a grand opening in and the fall, too. We're going to have a grand opening. Mm-hmm. So, And in the meantime, if you're a pastor or you're Anyone out there who works with people and you need um, another resource to help you, please get in touch with us. Um, We are happy to sit down, have you view the farm, and we can tell you about the different ministry things that we can offer you in your congregation as well. We're also hoping to to get those horses here at Mm -hmm. some point too, and Mm -hmm. really soon. So we're in the middle of getting things ready for you. So if you're somebody out there who could really use some healing, we hope to see you.
healing. What does that look like for you? Isn't it the freedom to be who God created us to be? So as we prepare this property for workshops, horses, fire chats, and retreats, both Julie and I and our husbands are praying for you. We are praying that whether it be through the activities at Maple Ridge Place or in any other way, that God's presence will be magnified in your life. I'd like to leave you with three closing thoughts from this episode. One, God is everywhere. Psalm 139.7 tells us, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Two, his presence is our freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 states, Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Because he's everywhere, and because his presence is our freedom, let us be thankful. Psalm 95.2 tells us, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. So stay tuned. There will be further episodes that will feature Julie and a little bit more about heart skills coaching and equine-assisted experiential learning. We'll also be highlighting and noticing all God is doing at Maple Ridge Place, but I'm excited too about some of our future guests and offerings. Till next time, take notice. Thank you.